Welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. So, when we begin the show with the song The Warrior, it can only mean one thing. It means that we are welcoming back to the program Miss Carrie O'Connor, our esteemed virtue on the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. You're accustomed to hearing her do analysis on other people, but now we're going to do another one-on-one with Miss O'Connor. I love Miss O'Connor so much. We go back many, many years ago, back to the days when I only had one chin and the days when I would go to the zoo and the animals wouldn't throw food at me. So back in those days, she's incredibly talented, very sweet, a lot of great insight. I'm so excited to have her back. Let us begin tonight's show. Our featured guest today on the Outer Limits of Inner Truth radio show is a voice that you've been hearing for the past three and a half, almost going on four years. She's our own wow. virtue, psychic, internationally respected psychic medium, and the queen of the universe, Miss Carrie yeah. O'Connor. <laughs> you can learn more about Miss Carrie O'Connor by going to her website at carrieoconnor.com. You can also get a reading with Miss O'Connor at her website. Miss O'Connor, we've done almost, I think we've done over 150 shows. You've been a part wow. of them. So first off, thank you for being a esteemed member of the show. Can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Focusing on you today for a follow-up interview. From what you are seeing in the world, what do you see on an energetic level as is happening? Because some people are seeing other people cracking up. I don't know if it's just mm-hmm. the media or the media is presenting it that way. Or everyone else is calm. Mm-hmm. Or what's mm-hmm. your perspective mm-hmm. energetically speaking on the state of the world as of right now? As of right now, even the timing, Ryan, of this interview is right after the summer solstice. And um, the year of 2017 is the year of the never say never. And I know I've repeated this a couple times, but I just want to say it slowly. Last year in December, my ending newsletter for the year of 2016, I'll get the title. It'll, um, it'll literally pop in my head, and I'll be shown the title of what I should name the newsletter, right? And so last year was the it was the year of 2016 of the never say never in a way of the surprise upset. You know, people didn't think Trump would win, and you know, Britain going out of the um, the UA, all those things. You know, things that you never thought would ever happen. And so it was a major turning point for humanity. And then when it was tapping in for the um, the title of this year, especially about 2016, the energy theme. And the title again was This is the Year of Never Say Never. And I said, come on, guys, this is kind of boring. Now I have this a lot more titles than that. But they said it in a totally different perspective, Ryan, where we're entering in literally a phase of the, our evolutionary process for humanity to be able to go beyond mind, ego, emotion. And even though the outside world right now can look like it's um, – tips at its axle or when I look at what I call the humanity grids where I read all different ways and when I'm doing a private reading I'll read the person's individual energy field and all the information that's stored in that which is literally trillions of packets of information it looks like then I'll read the connection to what I call the earth grade so that's the humanity unconscious subconscious patterns then I'll go to the universal grids and all of them are communicating at the same time but what's so fascinating about this year is that, and especially since um, last week even, we've entered this stage in our, of our evolutionary process where imagine that we're at the bat and that this, if this is the World Series and that we can feel the energetic tension that all rests on our, our shoulders to get the grand slam and the, um, the tie is all scored and all that. But when you're able to rotate out of that mind, um, ego, and emotion, we are the bat. We've already hit the ball. We already are the grand slam. We already come incomplete. So we're literally bridging our energy field to go beyond mind, ego, and emotion. And the more glimpses we have of that, Ryan, then we do enter this phase of never say never. You know, we're, we're redefining who we see ourselves as family, going beyond family of origin and our generational patterns that are handed down for the shaman say seven generations. I see we have access for healing up to 12 generations. And that's, I could go on for hours what that means, but we're at a pivotal, pivotal turning point. But most people do not feel like um, they're tapping into the ear, they're, the fear, and they're holding on to their old patterns um, 
it looks like an inner tube that it's around the heart chakra. I literally call it the wounded heart. And part of our journey here is to deflate that inner tube that keeps us in a holding pattern, which plugs us directly into mind, emotion, and looking at life through very through the duality that lens. And the more that deflates, the first thing that happens, it feels like we're spinning out of control. And so our natural reaction is to slam the brakes on and get all tight and um, and even put more energy consciously and, and unconsciously into the old holding patterns. But when we're aware of what's going on and work with the energy in an emergence way where it's not emergency, it's like a butterfly going out of the cocoon, this time right now is is so important in the history of humanity that we can make major breakthroughs individually and personally that are are wonderful. So I'm going back to the never say never um, year in a way of empowerment, being able to heal ourselves and be able to put that energy out to um, for humanity. When we all interconnected, so one person does a major healing, that energy codes literally go out to other people. Ms. O'Connor, there are people, I guess, are incarnating as a human being for the human experience. Maybe the experience of, you know, being basically dominated by the flesh, being dominated by the body, being dominated by mm-hmm. the animalistic type instincts. Do you think mm-hmm. that if, if a person or many people kind of take this evolutionary jump and become one with their spirit, that in some way they could actually be depriving themselves of the experience of the evolutionary lesson to know what it's like to be human in its full. Because, I mean, are you depriving yourself of some capacity of not being, uh, you know, bound or letting your body dominate you? I don't see us passing everything because we're so um, multi-leveled and multi-dimensional, mm-hmm. right? So all those um, those levels are communicating with each other. Does that make sense, right? So... We can amp up and really accelerate our growth, especially imagine this analogy that we come in and we're born into the earth form, and this is for 99% of humanity, 99.999% that we are, when we enter into the physical form, we are in the backseat of the car, of a symbolic car, and the car represents how we direct our life force. And part of all of our journeys is to make it into the front seat, and usually it starts with a process where we go to the um passenger seat and then we make our way over to the um, driver's seat so what i'm watching especially from june to july of january of next year is that we have this huge bridging energy for people to step again out of um their old patterns it's like the sideways step where a lot of the directions that we've been given and handed down are all backwards and, and um like the major points are missing out so i don't see people missing on certain parts of their evolutionary process does that make sense? I don't. I don't see yeah, it as missing. I it's see all part it of it. Accelerate it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's all part of it. And in your experience, I mean, you've read for hundreds of people, communicated with hundreds mm-hmm. of people. Is there any distinctive changes that you've observed in the people that you've been reading in the past five years? Are there certain things that they're they're asking about more? Or less, or is it, is it almost a constant? Um, do you have people that are maybe battling demons or battling things that are, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say their own demons, yeah. but battling things in a much yeah. different way? I mean, are there any changes in your readings? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's a really good question. Thank you, Ryan. But I have, you know, clients throughout the world, and what I notice is the theme, right? And it literally follows the theme of the week, I'll call it. And it's so um, interesting. Then it'll be like the theme of the month, right? The last several years, what I've noticed is that we're going to what I call the two major blocks that block the us in holding patterns in ego and mind is what I call right to life issues. And there's all little subtitles um, there. So that has to, with um, entitlement, self worth, worthy issues, um, all those kind of things. There's tons of little um, uh, mini subjects there. And the other major block is fear of annihilation, fear of change, right? So more people, Ryan, are ready to imagine humanity standing in front of a mirror, and right now the mirror looks all foggy, right? And part of our journey here is to be able to look into the mirror when our ego would say, don't look, or you're going to see the eyes of the devil, or, you know, and a lot of times that foggy energy just reactivates us into feeling emotionally foggy or mentally up in the air, that kind of thing. The, The challenge is to be able to 
stare at and look in that mirror, but be able to go beyond the mirror. We're redefining ourselves. The more and more people are starting to recognize ourselves as multidimensional beings. And we've been thrown around that word, word in the new age arena for 20 or 30 years, you know, multidimensional, multidimensional. And what, what I'm noticing is people are taking the words and the knowledge and moving beyond their mental body, right? And it literally is a process. So we have the universal spiritual truths that are encoded in our energy field. You can say that's in the spiritual body. And then it goes into the mental body. And what we're addressing now, imagine like a great big spotlight for all of us and especially clients that are really, they're getting so sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're becoming much more aware of their holding patterns. And what's happening literally is that they're starting to feel more of their holding patterns. So if they slip into mind or emotion or they get in a fight, the same old fight with a, maybe it's a different person, but the theme of it has to do with entitlement issues. It comes up into their awareness, and then they're at choice points. So literally, do you want to continue this energy that's becoming more uncomfortable, or are you going to change? So more people are ready to – they're getting so sick and tired of being sick and tired, literally, mentally, emotionally, that they're ready to make major changes. And that is a practice, and it's a process. And at the same time, paradoxically, it's a – there's nothing about doing. It's more of a state of being, right? We're really pro, um, programmed into the um, – human doing and people are starting to really look at what is the being means, you know, so they're willing to, again, take more accountability and responsibility of how they're directing their voice of their um, life force. The archetypal energy that affects all of us, um, martyr, victim, the saboteur, those energies are, um, think of it as a great magnet in front of everybody when we start working on ourselves, the magnet magnetizes those patterns and to me it looks like an energetic fist and when we do the work, we can lance those fists, and when we lance them, it literally opens up new pathways within the person's energy field so they can step beyond a holding pattern. I like to keep things really simple, and that's what I've noticed the theme with clients, that they are really ready to uh, um, be in the driver's seat of how they're directing their life force, right, or being at the um, comfortable and the, um, the, uh, at the batter, at the, um, at the plate. And they also understand, Ryan, that the um, excuses the ego would give us, the victim, the martyr, oh, you were born into a terrible life circumstances, you know, you're, um, you were ripped off, or all those stories. They're part of our, 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 literally our stories. We're being able to rewrite our stories in a way where they don't weigh us down. We can't change our experiences that happen to us, but we certainly can change how we hold them energetically. Most people, when I look at their energy field, it looks like balls. The balls have a video going on, so I'll go and look into the video clip, and I'll see, let's say, them at three years old where there's an alcoholic father and there was abuse and the mother was in an abusive pattern. This goes on and on where that daughter was taught by two years old to have a defense mechanism of walking around tippy-toe, don't make waves, so that affects her third chakra, her self-esteem, self-worth, her own entitlement issues. And so now she's ready to heal those that wounded aspect of herself, right? Yeah. And that's a theme I'm seeing across the world, which is really great. People really know themselves. And I'm glad you brought up chakras because when people mm -hmm. are doing chakra work, I cannot emphasize how um, intriguing or interesting this could be. If you focus on certain chakras, I highly recommend you look at Carrie's site, CarrieOconnor.com, read about it. Are there certain chakras that you would recommend that a person should focus their attention on healing or balancing? if they have unresolved yeah. issues, especially pertaining to yeah. guilt or trauma. Yeah. Where, where do those yeah. tend to focus on? Where do those tend to be amplified? What chakras? The chakras that humanity are working right now is, is our foundational one. It's the first three, right? It, Ryan, it's literally how we anchor into the earth, right, where more people are human doing, which when I do an aerial view of the energy field, their right side is bulging out, right? That's the, the male side, the yang side. The left side is um, it looks like it's um, collapsed. So that's our literally our ability to take in high frequency energy, and that would um, basically break down to healing um, opportunities, money. So as we become more balanced and balance that right and left side of the energy field, it goes right down to the root chakra, and that's literally how we ground into the earth. Right? What's our relationship with the divine mother? Nurturing ourselves. The second chakra is a huge one for for everybody right now. 
It's connected to the uterus and the, and the sexual organs um, as far as the physical body. But humanity is giving birth. And the second chakra is changing as is the, the whole one, two, three are. And that's our base. So we are being invited to change those chakras, to think of a tree as above, so below. We want to change our base and clear out the first, second, and third chakra because they are literally how we perceive in the world, right? And the, and the chakra we're all working on is to get out of these lower chakras, which, again, as we're born into the physical experience, where there's a lot of tubes that connect us to the first, second, third chakra that keep us in duality. It looks like a great big arm wrestling thing. And most of the time the journey is, is that we're arm wrestling not with our mother and our sisters and our bosses. We're arm wrestling with aspects of ourselves, right? So when we start changing our foundational energy, we are graduating to the heart. But the heart chakra goes beyond the wounded heart, which I spoke about earlier, when there's the inner tube around the heart chakra. And we want to deflate that inner tube that keeps us locked into wounded heart issues. So in a nutshell, the second chakra in particular, and that's connected also to the throat, our ability to speak up. But if there was um, a chakra that we've been working with um, in particular the last couple of years is the first, second, and third chakra. I saw last week my dog died three weeks ago. Ah, uh, Chloe, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ryan, Benicia, my cat died Sunday. It's like, <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. I was just, yeah, I was just... Um, uh, the human experience, I was shown that um, when Oscar died that over the next um, couple of years, that all my animals are going to be making a transition. And some of them didn't make sense. My son brought home my, you know, a two-year-old cat. But I just kind of took the information in, and I just um, I didn't want to think about it all the time. But slowly but surely, they all did their exit. They were ready for a new chapter. I sold my house, and... Um, and so there's all new beginnings with me, and they were, they completed, like, their contract with me, right? So I know I got, like, sidetracked with here, but the oh, chakras, no, no, no. The, the heart chakra were open up, the throat chakra. So the ones, oh, with Chloe, she showed me the root chakra in particular, so that's the bottom, and it's connected to, like, the tailbone. And I see in the emotional mental body that most people's energetic tailbone and their mental emotional body, it looks like it's curled up in the fetal position. So we want to unravel that um, fetal position where the tailbone, tailbone is so tight because that um, makes us off balance and grounding into the earth. And when we ground into the earth, we have a different relationship with the earth. We're learning to adopt the divine mother as the mother archetypal energy where she is not conditional, where she shows us nurturing, she shows us cycles. There's a lot of teaching there, and she's in a, we live in an abundant place, a beautiful place. And so when we start opening up the tubes and bringing in that root foundational energy, it literally looks like tubes go down to the earth, and we create um, a much more nurturing um, relationship with the earth that literally heals us from the bottom up, right? Mm-hmm. When I look at do an aerial view for so many people, when I look at their foundational energy, it looks like um, what I like to bring in is like miracle grow soil, which is nutrients to allow those roots to go in to, again, to help change and accelerate the um, first, second, third chakra. Most people's... Um, they're standing in what looks like soil or um, sand, which in a nutshell shows me that they're not bringing in enough of this high-frequency energy that goes through us, all around us. It's literally the creator energy. So individually and collective, first, second, and third chakra. If I had to pick one right now mm-hmm. through the month of June into July, we're working on the root, root chakra, which is, again, connected to this um, second chakra. Uh, Miss O'Connor, we always have a lot of fun together, and I just uh, want to ask you from your perspective: when people take themselves too seriously, especially you know whether any form of spirituality, are they limiting themselves in some capacity to be open to to other um, ideas, or do you think that um, Mm -hmm. taking life too seriously is it is it positive? I mean, is it good to to be serious about your spirituality, or is it Mm kind of good to be open to other things? I see that as the death of spirituality. We are take ourselves way too seriously, Ryan, and the shamans have a term called pupi, and it's called sacred play. Okay. And it's not being childish, Ryan, but 
whenever I see people, especially when they're on the spiritual path, and I deal with a lot of clients like this. They've been on the spiritual path for 20 years, 30 years, and they're organic food. They, um, they're so rigid, though. If you look at their energy field, they are just as tight and rigid and blocked as if somebody that was all t- um, consciously tied into, um, you know, in, in, to ego and all that kind of stuff, just as blocked. So, yes, laughter is the best medicine. And it's really interesting that you just, um, that you brought that up because with the message I'm getting, um, in particular for us for now, through June, through the rest of the year, we want to do a huge dose of the laughter is the best medicine. Make sure we're laughing every day. And even if it's times when we have to pull out, I love Seinfeld and, you know, different shows or whatever and just watch them to bring in and, and um, literally bring in, um, fun and laughter into your life. Or be around children or animals. Animals are so funny, you know, just watching them. So laughter is absolutely the best medicine that we have. It's it's a high vibration. It gets us going. It's literally like it's like a those um, heart paddles that go right into the heart and they jumpstart you. And in there is a huge. Um, uh, I'd say one third of part of a new age movement over the last 30 years. It is a process where people could get um, way too serious. I remember even with myself, organic, only organic, this, that, and then I felt myself getting tighter and tighter. Like I had a stick up my ass, to be honest. And I was like, this doesn't feel too spiritual for me. And then I was even getting more judgmental. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they, they're not doing it this way or blah, blah, blah. And then, um, never mind, um, I happen to be hyper-flexible, so that actually is an issue where I had to learn core strength because just because I could tie myself or twist into 50 billion knots, who gives a shit? And then the big picture. Oh, it's awesome. It's, oh, yeah, it is, but um, I have several friends that are yoga instructors, and I've, I've literally dropped out of teaching because she said this. All of them said this. It is a... Not all, there's a huge potential for ego where everyone's looking around instead of doing the energetic posture and putting the energy in, they're looking around saying, who's doing what? (laughs) They fall because they're, they're too busy with what the neighbor's doing. So, and Stuart Wiley used to call it the, um, the, not the whitey tighties, that's my kid's name, but, um, the spiritual, um, the shadow, the, the shadow within the new age that they, um, are absolutely um, the new agers that are not seeing that they could be just as rigid, if not even more rigid, than those people that um, are not into spirituality at all. It's just too – and I've had people running that will only do supplements. I have several clients that have some serious diseases going on, and it's a blank, it's all about balance, right? So, yes, take your supplements. Go do ayahuasca. Do, go do healing. Absolutely. But if your body is craving a certain um, medication that it will jumpstart you and help you, then that's not being balanced at all. You know, if I break my arm, I'm going to take a pain pill and I'm going to go get a cast on it. You know what I mean? As I'm getting um, going and doing energy work um, while I'm getting these um, things done. But it's it's really a key about balance. And that is a, the, you could say, I just heard, the dust-ease of um within the new age arena, which then just is, it's another way for us to do um, the same old shit, just like, in, you know, where when you're, you're at work, it's just, um, I had the naive thought, Ryan, when I was younger, that the teachers that I would run into were all going to be very spiritual and would never cross the line and abuse power or whatever. I'd say out of the five most important people, three of them made passes at me. Um, oh and I mean, I don't mean subtle, I mean, right out, um, passes, right. And, uh, other ones were, um, uh, they only wanted you to go so far. So if you saw a little bit too much, they would shut you down. You know what I mean? So, um, and I had this just naive thing of that, of course, in that arena that everybody would not, you know, that's the arena where you could be safe, you know? And I remember having a conversation with a woman years ago. She said, Carrie, this is just playing itself out. Just like any other arena where um, where the ego has an invitation to play out, and it's um, there's even more potential with it because you're consciously working with light. So if you're not working with the shadow and the darker aspects of yourself, and you don't want to own them, it really can have again the potential of um, of having like big divisions within that community. So 
yes, we need to laugh, we need to lighten up, and if you feel your body getting tight, saying, I only could do this or this, or I have to do this, if you're energetically walking on a tightrope, and that if, if you just take all the labels aside, it is just as um, the pattern, it's just as much as a holding pattern if somebody else is plugged into your mind and emotion. Just it looks the same if you take all the stories around, all, away from it. Ms. Carol, Connor, I could agree with you more. When, when I see somebody fall down a flight of stairs, the first thing I do is I call an ambulance. <laughs> not, and it's not for the other person. It's for me because I'm worried I'm going to have a heart attack from laughing so hard. I mean, And I just hope and pray that I have a camera to, to record so I can upload it to YouTube. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Sam Kinison had this one quote. He's like, what, if you're going to miss heaven, don't miss it by two inches. Miss it by two miles. And this idea that you have to be so holy and – you know, your vibration is right. going to drop. Your vibration is going to drop anyway. I imagine if you're watching TV and you get embedded with those negative, <laughs> stupid messages, <laughs> stupid commercials. So it's, I don't know. It's like a, you know, I might as well have fun. If you're if you're in here, have fun. Exactly. Yeah, but the, I love it. If you're going to miss it, don't miss it by a couple inches. Miss it by miles. Yeah, miss it by a couple <laughs> miles. That's why I, I think it's good to prank people. I mean, I, I tell you, tell my wife completely torments me all the time. She's constantly. <laughs> Doing these ridiculous things. I'm surprised I'm, I'm even alive. <laughs> but that that sacred play, and it's not uh, abusive. I know you guys. I love you guys. I love your wife. And you guys remind each other to laugh, Ryan. And I can't even tell you how many times it's it's more serious than going to church. Like some family dinners, I feel like, oh my god, this reminds me of going catechism in church. It's boring, exactly. And everyone has to tiptoe around conversations and say the right thing, you know. Um, and, oh, my God, sometimes so agonizing. You just want to take a bullet and just, oh, man, you know, it's just, yeah, oh, my God. It is, Richard. We used to go to church. You remember, I used to get dragged to church when I was a kid. I'm like, why are we sitting here on a Sunday in a suit and tie? Mm-hmm. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Well, you should, exactly. I thought it was being punished. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's great to laugh at your family. Have you know what I used to do when to get through church because um, – that was right at the stage where some of them were still doing Latin, and that was a whole big thing. I used to literally, I call it tube travel. I'd rotate out, so I was, like, hovering above the church, and I would look down. I could see who has a toupee, who didn't have a toupee. <laughs> and, um, and I used to look at, and I would hear their judgment, and I'd see Mrs. Smith saying, oh, um, Mr. Edwards um, stepped out on his wife last night, or, you know, he looks a little ragged. I think he had a lot to drink last night. I used to just pay attention to the real conversation that was going on. And meanwhile, they were all happy that they were there. They were in attendance. But I'd have to say more than 75% of them were not listening. They were more into the show of it. And the only thing that was my saving grace was the singing. And even that, you could see the people, la, 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 like the big people that are really serious. But the the angelic singing, where especially like with the children singing, that was my saving grace out of long uh, things. Or my younger sister, we're seven years apart, and we'd be in the cry room, so... We used to, like, throw a little thing so she would object. Like, turn her, go get it, you know? Oh and she always, God. you know, she'd always go get it. But it would lighten up the whole cry room. And even think of this as the word cry room, you know? Mm. So here you go into this place that's supposed to be um, uh, the obligatory holiness, and you're in the cry room, and you're, you're, you're banished. And I remember going to somebody else's church, and they invited not only the kids out of the um, cry room, right? they had them up in the front row, and they're saying it's all about the children. Bring the children up. And, and then you'd see some people that would just get that grimace on their face, like children are to be seen and not, you know, not heard or seen or whatever, and they'd just be really pissed off. But we do need to really lighten up. I mean, across the board, we've gotten way too serious. And, um, and it literally is a... A lower vibration and the fastest vibration. Just think about um, you and I laugh all the time. I think yeah. you're the funniest guy I've, I've known on the stage. Thank you. Um, I'm, glad you okay. I'm glad you get my oh crackhead my sense of humor. Oh my god! Most people don't get my sense of humor. I, mean, I seriously, I make jokes sometimes, and they're like, ah. "Oh, Ryan, remember the first time I met you at, at Ryan's at um, Richard's wedding?" And that woman, that real bitchy woman. Yeah, she we got were, mad at me. Like the kid was, yeah, she got mad at you. And everyone was out. Remember, Keith, she 
to the deer in the headlight of, oh, Ryan with her Irish accent. Oh, no, because she wanted to laugh. And then I have the thing of the nervous laughter. So I'm laughing. That was so fun. And I said, from that moment on, I love this guy. Oh, I know you. I've known him for eons and eons and eons. And I know we've had many, many lifetimes together. And I also know that we've gotten in trouble before where we were like um, – the um, flying nuns where we got kicked out of spiritual things because we just had a little bit too much fun. I know that one. Well, sure like had the it. monks that threw the beer, that drank a lot of the beer. <laughs> oh, sure got kicked out. And you know, Carrie, I, Mr. Connor, I got to keep everyone uh, up there because they don't know the story. So I met Mr. O'Connor at our friend Richard Tyler at his wedding. And what happened oh. was there was this little kid. He must be about seven or eight years old. He goes, ah, he sprays me with with a, with a like a little water gun. He sprays me like, ah, he sprays me uh-huh. too So I grab a super sucker. And I cover that kid, and he's like stretching. I'm like, what are you thinking of? Oh, yeah! You don't mess with Ryan, huh? And his mother's like giving us the, the dirtiest look. What kind of person oh my does God. this? I'm like, oh, well, she, he started she, it. You know? Not only the look, then she like gathered him up and yeah. and like uh, looked at us like we were the devil incarnate. And the more she did that, the more it made me laugh. And then finally, Keith started laughing because she couldn't hold it anymore. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah, and then your wife. Oh, my God. You, you're, you are such a, you, you bring out the child, right? You give people the invitation. Seriously, that's part of your heart. And that's where, when I look at people's heart and going back to that wounded heart where we have the inner tube around, when we get rid of the inner tube, I've always said uh, you have a gold around your heart, your heart based, your heart centered, same with Stuart Wilde, and some people are naturally aligned to that, right? And that's part of all of our journey, to be able to get to that golden heart space. space. And so, and it doesn't mean you won't have your challenges, but that's how you are, are aligned. So there's a part of, um, of your energy, Ryan, if you had to do um, that seriousness or even lifetimes where that would be a prison to you, an energetic yeah, prison. prison. Yeah, I, I, can't take, I can't take it seriously. That's, that's what it Couldn't do school. Absolutely. Right? Right, I was very bad at school. Yep. Oh, I remember the video, the video of you dancing. Where yep. is that video, Oh, I, you got to put it I, out. I, I'll, I'll put it back up. <laughs> yeah, it was causing chaos. I mean, I mean, my kindergarten teacher told me, she's like, I just, my, she had a conference with my, my parents about two months later. She's like, I don't like your son. She did. I mean, I, I, I know. I managed. I mean, a kindergarten. I mean, crayons. I mean, I managed to provoke a kindergarten teacher. So that was the whole thing. I, ne- I never did good at school. It was just boring. Because like, I, I right. feel like, you know, like they're infusing you to be like you yeah. know drone and and yeah. not think and yeah. you know. Yeah. So. But Ryan, what I loved about the video for those people that didn't see it, <laughs> it's a circle of kids and what you invited to say something or whatever. Ryan goes in and starts breaking it. <laughs> And you're twirling, and you're just doing the, the, you know, you were so in flow, and I burst out laughing, and all the other kids started laughing, you know, and because um, they were doing the obligatory whatever, but you just broke out dancing, and you were just, I loved it, like, Thank spinning you. around. Cause oh, some oh chaos. my God, I loved it. So what about you? When you what? were a kid, when you were a kid, did you do that as well? Did you? Um, how was it like growing up, seeing what you were saying? Knowing that you were different and being in a world of people that are just stiffs that constantly, like, you know, by the book, right. you know, control. How was right. that, right. that for you? Did you get in trouble? Well, or? I, I, I did the very opposite. And thank God for my younger sister, Devin, who was very outgoing. I was painfully shy. I mean, very, very painfully shy. And so I learned at a young age to be the observer. And especially, Ryan, when I went to school, my parents were in education. Really, my father was a principal. I was all a child psychologist and teachers throughout my whole family. So since we were born, they all pumped up, wait till you get to go to school, wait till you get to go to kindergarten. And then my older sister went to kindergarten. Oh, it's so great, it's so great. I remember my first day, I was shell-shocked because of the auditory nightmare. It was a cement building. There was so many kids running that it was, I, I, I guess I felt like I was just um, put in a, a foreign country and it was, it was a nightmare for me. And I was um, just bombarded by uh, the, the energy of the chaoticness of the kids and, again, the restricted energy. So I remember coming home saying, I'm done with that gig. So I learned at a young age to be the observer in that um, really fine-tuned and kept me connected to the spiritual pathways that we all are plugged into. You know, kids are, are naturally plugged into it, and then if it's not nurtured, they um, they forget it, you know. Um, I was thinking about the interview that you did with the kid, the, the prodigy kid, that, 
even he, at eight years old, he could say he remembers his experience as the baseball player, you know, Lou Gerrickson, um, Garrick, I messed up his last name, yeah. but he, even as, um, as an advocate that his mom was with the book and the movie, there was a, still a part of him that, um, that he, it's in his energy body, like a ball, the video that I saw, and he's not pushing his side where people just lock it away and just, it almost seems like a far away, dream almost i mean it's close enough for him but um but for myself i had to learn at a very young age how to what i call achieve travel so i could be in a very restrictive place and um and feel comfortable especially being very shy because i also stood out because i was very tall for my age i was taller than any boy i had the blonde hair blue eyes where it, that got me extra attention, especially through, you know, teenage or whatever, and developed early. And all of that run for a painfully shy, shy child, especially a woman. Um, and my mother and father wouldn't tell me how to, you know, um, I didn't feel like I got any instructions on how to um, protect myself and with predatorial energy, you know. And so I had to figure a lot of stuff out by, by, for myself. But what it did was, because I had to do that, it, again, kept me open, and that goes back to the blue lady. Ever since I was little, I was raised around alcoholics, and um, I used to call out to my parents because I'd see dead people walking through my room, and it looked a lot like the sixth sense, and then I'd see the spirit. So I would um, quickly be able to um, differentiate who is the earthbound spirit, right, because they look different. They definitely came in from a different direction, right? And I was young. I was three, four. I didn't pay attention to north, south, east, west, or 45 degree right. I mean, it was just like a doorway. Um, but the, the earthbound came in, and then the guides and the angels would come in at 45 degree right. So the blue lady, I um, very original. She <laughs> this loving source, and Ryan, she's so beautiful. She took my breath away, and she was very, very maternal. I have a very karmic relationship with moms that are passed down for generations. Um, we're here to turn that and, and heal that. And so um, I said, what's your, <laughs> like, she goes, you can name me anything. So I call her the blue lady, you know. But what's fascinating is that a lot of people that have done ayahuasca experience, and there's a book written by the DMT molecule, and they mm -hmm. said it's the God molecule. Yeah, it's an incredible book. All of them, yes, but 99, I think 100% of them, when they talked about the blue lady, and they saw her as the blue lady, you know. So archetypally, you could say that she is a, represents the divine mother as far as the mother earth, but she also represents what I call the universal mom. And she, I also realized as I got older that she was also an aspect of my higher self. So it's multi-multi-level. So as a child, again, I learned to, um, to be the observer, which, again, I relied more of my family was, the angels and guides and the fairies that I saw around then the human family. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was um, a foreigner to this place called Earth. And um, and I remember being three years old, and I could never sleep at night, and I was going out to the windows, and I'd look at the stars. And it was before E.T. was out, but I really felt like, E.T., call home, E.T., call home. Um, and then also my experience when I um, challenged the nun, which was a huge thing for me to be five, seven years old. What happened when you challenged the nun? Well, she showed this big old colorful book. It was part of a Bible, a children's Bible, right? Mm -hmm. And she was going and explaining Noah's Ark, right? And I remember sitting in the front seat, and it was this big picture, and it was two distraught men. I'll never forget this picture. It's like it's brain, branded in my brain. And their arms were upright, and they were trying to get on Noah's Ark. And they had pleading in their face, anguish pleading or whatever. And um, no no soup for you, like no room in the boat, you know what I mean? And something shifted within me, and then I saw Jesus and the blue lady appear. And then Jesus said, that's not quite the way it was. And I said, well, tell her, the flipping fat nun that was sitting there and just, you know, beating us into this, and then they weren't worthy to get in the boat or whatever. Because I assumed, Ryan, that if she was a nun, at least she'd feel them. If she, I figured out by so the time I was, you know, five, seven, that most people weren't visionary, but I figured at least they'd feel or sense them, you know. Mm -hmm. and, um, and they were literally standing right next to them. And then all of a sudden, no, Jesus said, no, you're going to tell her. And I said, I am not going to tell her. No freaking way, right? And all of a sudden, I had this inner fight with Jesus, you know. 
And um, he goes, you're telling her no, you're telling her no. All of a sudden, my hand went up in the air, and it was an aspect of me, my higher self or whatever, my older self. Um, and I said to the nun, that's not exactly the way it was. Jesus said that's not the way it was. She flipped around, like, and I swear to God, she spit out, like, a little pea soup, like the Exodus lady. Her head <laughs> spun around three times, I swear to God. It went in, in rotations, rim, rim, rim. And I even remember the counterclockwise rotation, which <laughs> makes sense because that's her feminine side, the past. It really, like, put a great big balloon in her already. Her body was so inflated with healing, which just shows me a lot of hot friggin' ass air, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it just got, like, a, an arrow went to it, and so it really spun her out. And so then she just went right up to me. And she knew, Ryan, that, again, I didn't say a word for the whole year. So for me to say it, and the, even the voice that I said it was a lot older than a six-year-old. It wasn't challenging. It was just Jesus said this wasn't the way it was, right? And then she goes, oh, yeah? And she's putting the books closer and closer to my face, all the other kids. And I remember my best friend. I turn around and look at her like, Janet, please help me. And she was diving underneath the books like she didn't know me. You know, and her face was so embarrassed for me. And then she said, tell me exactly what it's supposed to be like. And I said, why don't you ask Jesus who's right next to you in, Mary, in, the, in the, Mary, the blue lady that's right next to him. And that even further irritated her, right? She even got into like the, you know, and I was not trying to rock the boat, right? I really wanted to know the information, right? And I said, Jesus said it wasn't like that, that um, it was not, you, you know, the selective view was a lot different than that. And then she just closed down the subject. She closed down the book. We all, um, I think she even let us out early that day. Wow. And I got um, pulled back aside or she let them go do something else. And then she said, don't you ever, ever, ever challenge me in front of kids and blah, blah, blah. And I was mortified because I can't emphasize how shy I was. And then then I don't tell you, though, I was more mad. I said, first, swear with the nun, but I was more mad at Jesus. And I said to him, I'm not to listen to you. You pissed me. You made me get in trouble at school. That's so funny argue with Jesus after that. I am. I was. And I said, I am not talking to you. And I'll never forget, Ryan, the warmest smile that he had. And he would just sit in the corner of the room. Again, if you looked in the room, it was 45 degree right, which they say is the most dinner. And I just saw this warm smile. And even the smile pissed me off. I was sick. You know, don't you be smiling at me. I'm a stubborn Irish. I could hold out, right? And I swear to God, it seemed an eternity to me that he was just sitting there smiling and smiling, just beaming love. And he just had a shitty and grin. He really did. And I was like, nope, nope, you can't. Nope, nope, nope. And then all of a sudden I, I caved in. It probably wasn't even two days or it probably wasn't even a day. But, um, and he did say, I didn't mean to, you know, embarrass you or hurt you or that kind of thing. He said, it was, it was multi-leveled and part of it was that none needed to be shooken up a bit and I was the deliverer. <laughs> I'm like, well, have Janet or somebody else to be the deliverer next time, you know what I mean? I love it. I love this, Connor. You're like a kid. You're having an argument with Jesus. Not many people do that. Most yeah. people would say, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. What a blessing. You're like, no. What's up? And you know, so you had these conversations with Jesus. Did you ever come up to Jesus and say, listen, Jesus, what's up with these nuns? What's up with these nuns that are like thinking that they're, first off, they think that they're so honorable by not having yeah. sex. Hey. I didn't have sex. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. You just be stupid and say the wrong things. It's not a big accomplishment. It's a big sacrifice. And also, it's like these it, people, these nuns are like, well, I'm I'm giving myself to Jesus. I'm saving myself for Jesus. Right. Did, did you ever talk to Jesus and say, no, save yourself for that? Jesus, oh, would, my God. No, Jesus would be the first one, Ryan, that says, go and have a – get it on. Because <laughs> seriously – that that again is information that's misinformation that's put down through the um you know through the ages and what a better way to connect through the heart through an intimate relationship right so they are so shut down and I tell you when I read, read a lot of their energy fields and I've had several clients that are um they were in the my great grandmother was in the convent and she um left when she met my great grandfather so that's this awesome. is even literally like the energy yeah. And, um, but the, the disconnect from that, and then they get in the high and rolly thing, and so they put all their sexual creator energy into these other projects, but it's, this, the, our human connection wants that physical connection. They want the intimacy, right? So they, 
you know, a lot of them, their energy field looks very square and angular because they're off balance because they had to put the sexual part of them off and separate it from them. And, um, but the, again, the soul yearns to, it is, I shouldn't even say the soul is free. This human experience is about having a human experience where we're here to have relationship. And especially this lifetime, Ryan, it's all about relationships. And everyone makes it like the Course in Miracles talk about a special relationship. It's not about the special relationship. It's about our relationship with ourselves, right? For us to get out of this holding pattern that we are separated from the God source creator energy, that we are the God source creator energy, that each and every single one of us are from that, that creation. There's only one, right? We hear that all the time. There's only one. And so the more we feed that and, and, and embody and embrace that energy, it allows us to, um, rotate out of the division so all of a sudden it goes back again to balance just like i said before with the um new agers that won't take a freaking ass aspirin when they have a migraine because it's an aspirin you know that's not balanced you know everything needs to be healed naturally it's like you know you're in pain do whatever you gotta do exactly exactly um i know a lot of the uh medical marijuana i know it could piss a lot of people off but i look at um people's energy fields and Yes, I've met people that um, they get high and their energy field looks like Swiss cheese and it's all holy and they're all over the place and they're not grounded, right? And But you could do that with other shit too, you know, stuff too. But um, but I've also seen when people have used it and it's and it's, it's the healing properties, you know? So, again, right, it's all about balance. And here, especially over the next couple of years, humanity has reached this point where we are literally turning the corner and part of our ego mind emotion would say as we're turning this corner we we're blind uh folded and so it's scary we're in the doorway and we have to trust that we gotta um take that next step but there's no safety net there's no written back guarantee that there's going to be a safety net when we step out of this doorway right and the doorway is caving in on us because it's a way for us to go and fly right the paradox is is that when we get out of that doorway and we rotate out of holding patterns, within us, inherited within us, is you could say the cozy cues for us to fly, or that's when you're able to expand your energetic angel wings, right? And you don't fall. But there's that, um, what we're releasing now for humanity is a deep, deep part. I call it the ancient part of energy field. And this is what has changed over the last, um, I'd say, five, seven years. You could say, in a way, we did not have access to this part of the energy field. So now we could get into, it looks like 8 to 12 feet around the person's energy field. They, they labeled it the ancient past, and that's where we hold very, very old, old, old um, uh, blocks, vows of poverty, celibacy. But the biggest block is any kind of thought form, right, that we are separated from source, that we got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, whatever it means of us. We are not God's source creator. And and that thought form is in, like embedded in our DNA, right? Now that we have access to that and there's more, like, think of it as light tubes, tunnels going to that part of the energy field. And when we're working on ourselves and we start rotating out of it and saying, wait a minute, I can't be a part of creation and understand that and take it beyond a mental thought. Like I said earlier, it's a process where there's the spiritual universal truths and then it goes to the mental body and the mental body has the programming that's going to say, who do you think you are, fancy pants? You know, you, who do you, you know, if you think you're better than somebody else to, to squash out the universal truth. This isn't Carrie's truth. This is universal truth. It goes beyond any dogma, any Catholicism, anything, right? And so, as we are opening up our ears and clearing out to get those blocks and, and saying, wait a minute, I can't be divided and and say that I am a part of, like, simply the angel having a human experience and be separated and kicked out of the garden, too, or that God and creator or our, our um, angel self is somewhere, I always say it, people hold it very high up in their energy field, high in the sky, and they're so separated and part of our journey is, it's not outside, it's inside, and that's where I speak of a sacred heart. When we have are able to deflate that inner tube that's around the heart that keeps us locked in the holding pattern of mind, emotion, ego, which locks us into 
um, this human experience means pain, suffering, sacrifice. And that's another thing Jesus said to me at least 20 years ago. Get off the cross. Please get off the cross. Did you ever say you first? He said, get off the cross and use the wood of the cross to burn it. And he was not kidding. And he said, because burning is uh, the fastest way to um, to transmute stuff, fire, right? The element of fire transmutes. And he's like, I don't want anybody carrying the cross for me, right? And so many times when I see people of all ages, but especially my mother, my grandmother, and, you know, her mom was the nun and stuff, in her energy field, in her mental, emotional body, she was carrying a symbolic cross, and that showed me, consciously or unconsciously, how much she was so programmed and putting her life force, her God force, into the thought that she has to suffer because Jesus suffered. Jesus said, you missed the whole point. <laughs> I don't want anybody doing the suffering. By me transcending, I've closed the door of having to uh, do suffering so you guys could live a life and not have to do the suffering on the cross thing. You don't have to sacrifice your life for because you love me. The best thing you could do is get off the flipping ass cross and, again, use that wood. That wood is uh, fire. It's creator source. It's our, our connection to our own creator self. It's like so many times. Jesus has a, first of all, very good sense of humor. And I remember saying this to you years ago to this um, – Baptist down the south, and I thought she was going to fall off the couch. First, she thought I was going to burn up instantly and um, go to hell and right in front of her, right? And I said, I'm not being a wise guy. I said, he has a very good sense of humor, and he also showed me in his human experience where he would have a bad hair day, you know, and maybe miss the miss had a bad hair day. Hey, was yeah, and he would burn down a thing or two, you know. And he, he had a bad he, hair day, and he's like, that's it. Yeah, he had a bad hair day. Yeah, he had a bad hair day where he would misuse power, you know. And um, But he was wise enough to, you know, go down that road, admit it, and then um, radiate, you know, kind of rain, um, maintain his energy and unplug it for it before he burnt down a whole village. But he definitely would have his human experience. He wasn't um, in human form, you know. Um, and uh, when I saw that, I was like, wow. And then, never mind, when I saw him as funny as, like, a stand-up comedian, we don't think of that as, as Jesus or, or a Buddha. They could be funny, but it goes back to what we were saying in the beginning, Ryan, we are way too serious. And so this year and over the next couple of years, we are in the, in the doorway of humanity breaking through. And you could say, in a nutshell, we've been stuck in the lower three chakras for eons and eons and eons. And that's about the root chakra is our connection to to family. So in the, the teaching of where we're graduating is to go beyond our family of origin, which also means we're connected to the karmic patterns and the genetic coding that comes in there. And we can get the lessons, get the teachings, and not have to carry that on, right? The second chakra, the birthing center, a creative energy, one-on-one relationships, working literally with the rebirthing ourselves. In the third chakra, it's all self-esteem, self-worth, these are the unconscious, subconscious patterns. We're changing those, so then it allows us to get, step into that heart center and then be able to deflate, go beyond the wounded heart, right? And instead of feeling like we're, again, holding on to these um, uh, the lifesavers that people grasp onto them around because they literally feel their foundational energy is, is changing. Or another word for it in shamanism, they call it the assemblage point, and that means how the individual perceives life, right? Most people do it from the lower chakra. So if I see somebody's tube going out of the root chakra, I know in a nanosecond they're going to have a lot of home, family, uh, family of origin. Their life lesson is about individuating from their family of origin and all the genetic coding and um, messages that come through to graduate from seeing family as universal family or as uh, earth family, right? And as we get into the heart and get comfortable to the heart, then we speak about the high heart area. And that's what this lifetime, that's what we're all here to, to be able to go not only into the heart, but be able to live in there. And that's when Jesus said to be in this world and not of it. We literally can have our fun experiences. We can laugh. We can eat chocolate. We can have wine. We can, you know, have can our go fun streaking. We can uh, do We can have sex. Exactly. Right. Drinking, sex, sex all is of it. not it's all about balance. Yes. And there's yeah. a 
there's a sacredness with that within the human connection that's so intimate that um, not even with with sexual relationships in particular, but also the um, when we're able to hold that place and reflect our God self, our God self out to another individual. What it looks like, Ryan, if you do, again, a bird's eye view, it literally looks like keys are going out of the person's energy. So this is the way I see it. Those keys go into the person, and that helps unlock them from a holding pattern. They have to – we can't turn anybody's key totally for them. But the more that we're showing them, hey, this is what it's like when I turned this um, this key and I didn't implode or explode or I don't have horns coming out of me. You know, it's like embodying embracing – it um, gives them like an energetic permission, you know, because most people, again, that we're, we, the ego has us hardwired that if we get into the heart, that it's ingrained in, and I don't mean grief, I mean grief, like a solid grief, pain, suffering, sacrifice. And so, again, all of that kept us into the lower chakras. And as we go beyond the wounded heart, and realize that we want it to deflate. And I think I was speaking about this uh, to you earlier. All of a sudden, in this year in particular, in January, I saw different people, um, politicians in particular, and it looked like they were breathing helium. And it was um, like their energy field was all I hope they're breathing carbon dioxide. I hope all of them decide. If you are a politician, I'm making a suggestion. Now is a good time. <laughs> To go in the garage, <laughs> shut the garage, and turn the car on. I'm serious. It's a great experience. Mm-hmm. You might enjoy it. Just, just stay in there for a few hours. Stay in there for mm-hmm. a couple days. Don't worry. No one's going to miss you. No, they will miss it. But what's fascinating, right, is, you know, and you know what? The helium is just like the carbon monoxide, right? But what's so interesting as I'm watching as the time is going on, linear time, is that their faces and their whole energy field is becoming more distorted and more distorted, looking more like um, cartoons. So, again, what in a nutshell, here there's natural O2, O2 you could say, or or clean, refined energy that's all around us, it goes through us. It's what we're made of for freaking crap, right? But these people that are, are so um, desperate to breathe in the helium, let's just say this, the helium machine is getting shut off, and so they have this embossed mask, and they're breathing and breathing and breathing, and their whole paradigm, their whole first, second, third chakra is very, very shaky. They're getting invited to, again, go into the heart, and they're so tapped into I'm losing my power, power tripper. So they're um, not only the distortion of their faces, they look like, um, I swear to God, it looks like clowns. And, and, and sometimes they literally look like their faces all puffed up and beyond rosacea, you know. So um, they're, they're, they're taking in the, the carbon, but not, not that, believe me. And when you get from now till August, it's just going to be harder and harder for them to be keep on breathing us in, it literally has to do with how we um, how we take in energy, and and the more toxic stuff we do, the more it's going to spill over and everything. Where it's going to seem cartoon time is where the never say never Ryan. It's like you just can't believe the craziness with it. Sometimes when I read some stuff, I turn around and say, "Is this some sort of fucking freaking joke?" You know what I mean? I think it has to be some sort of joke, you know. Or you're waiting for the gong show to come or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then you realize, fuck, fuck, it's not even a joke. It's, it's, um, they're freaking serious. And I'm like, wow, that's when you do have to have a sense of humor and literally rotate out of it because it can pull you in to mind and emotion and just, um, especially you and I have the energy of, uh, speakers for the underdog, you know, the animals and the children oh. and those that aren't able to speak for themselves. It's like that's, that's part of your energy signature, right? And, um, and, and especially um, when you hear abuse of animals or that kind of thing, nothing can ignite you more than that. Oh, no, right? animals, yeah. And I'm that, so passionate about animals. Oh, I, yeah. I wish no harm upon another human being, but if you're, except for people who abuse animals, like, I don't care. I mean, you want to kill yeah. human beings. I, yeah. I mean, I, seriously, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, human beings, I, I mean, sorry, it's a dark part of me. <laughs> That's what yeah. you want to call it. But if you, if you touch yeah. an animal, if you abuse an animal in any right. way, shape, or form, I don't, God, get off this planet. Get away. <laughs> I don't care. You're working at a farm. I understand. Bye-bye. It's, it's part – well, Ryan, it's literally part of your coding that you're here as a bridger, right? And so you're helping people to go beyond their, again, mind, emotion, and to have an invitation where so many people see animals as 
a part of their ownership that they get to do whatever the hell they want to. And then never mind to go kick the dog because their boss is there. And it, it, it's, a, it's a bully. It's a bullying energy, right? It's, it's disgusting. Um, and so here, as an especially since Chloe died, so here the root chakra is changing where I see the, the serpent, the kundalini energy rising, right? So it's going to be affecting all of our foundational energy. And believe me, the animals and the domestic animals, and I know Stuart Wall used to talk about the bulls. Uh, oh, they're the coming bull, back. Uh, you know. killing those matadors. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're doing oh, this yeah. thing. Oh, matadors killed today. I'm like, that's right. Hey, hey, hey. Yep, yep, yep. And you remember how he used to, he used to see it in the uh, Luna a lot? Well, he used to work on the, he said he used to train him in the Luna. He said he was working on training yeah. the bulls to kill in the yep, Luna. yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so we're going to be hearing more of um, not only with the bulls, but um, with uh, especially the domestic animals. I yes, so. the, the, I the yeah. animals stand yeah. up. And, and, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I think human beings. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I was talking to my wife about this. I think human beings. They're like, oh, human beings. They're they're interesting creatures. They're they're I'm like, no, they're evil bastards. <laughs> I am a, I'm going to say it right now. I am a self-hating human being. I'm only here for a short period of time. This is it, folks. This is the last time my experience in a human body. And then I'm coming back as a virus to take out the rest of you that are still here. Next <laughs> 20 years from now, it's like, well, Ryan's dead, but everyone's got this disease and we're all perishing. Uh-oh. It's Ryan. He's reincarnated as a super flu. Ah. And Carrie, we could we could combine forces. We could be oh super Oh my slow. God! You'll be the West Coast, I'll be on the there East Coast. And we'll, and we'll there you go. <laughs> and that would really accelerate everybody's um, uh, growth process oh, yeah. because the the um, inoculation is that the person would have to no bullshit come from their heart and um, and like this they can't hide behind all the bullshit, right? No. I like that. But re- <laughs> repent. Repent. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to bring everyone's attention. <laughs> on Miss O'Connor's website, in addition to, um, you sit down, you get a reading with Miss O'Connor. It's not just, um, you know, you, you sit down, she tells you about uh, what's going on with your soul. There's, there's so much more to Miss O'Connor. So she can give you, um, talking about your Akashic, talk about your experience with Akashic Records, your higher mm-hmm. self. You do readings about your angelic readings, uh, do remote yeah. healings. I mean, there's so yeah. much that people can learn from you, and you go to our website at carrieoconnor.com. Mr. O'Connor, are there any events that you have upcoming that you'd like people to attend? Uh, are there any workshops? Yes, that you'd like to- I'm going to be, um, as of tomorrow, Ryan, so again, it's perfect time. I even got my nails done and stuff. I'm going back to um, do a lot more videos where I have even my um, very visual, so I'm going to be drawing out stuff. So we will, um, if you sign up to for the um uh, information union i mean carol connor 111 at gmail or if i would go to the website you'll have a link to be able to go to the teachings because i've worked on this body of work called the 1212 and in a nutshell it's time for that to come out and it's it's literally a, a timing so i like to make it simple and easy so i'm very excited about um, bringing this out and this is a bridging time so in the fall i know i'm going to be connecting with other people and i'll be showing um my teaching my aspect of um, the way I view life and stuff. So that information is kind of in the works and unfolding, but I'm really excited about it. But as of tomorrow, we're going to be uploading a lot of um, a lot more videos where I started in the beginning of last year, then I got sidetracked with life, so I'm have some other stuff. Now it's come full circle where, um, and even Brian with the with the animals, you know, it's just like I really am free to put uh, my um, my. It's it's all about timing, so I'm excited about that. So. Educational, yes, yes, a lot of educational, and people could write in questions. I'm asking people to not ask, you know, is my boyfriend coming in, that kind of questions, but um, other kind of questions. There'll be a time and place for intuitive questions, you know, that kind of thing. I love doing that here. Um, But as we are standing in a doorway and um, and turning that corner, I want to really – Encourage people about laughter and success medicine yeah. that we don't have to do this in this divided place and divide within each other, especially in the um, in the new age community. There's a lot of that, you know, which is um, disappointing if you look at it from an ego mind. But we're 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 going to the heart, Ryan. So um, you're doing your way to to connect people to the heart, and that's what I'm doing it in my my way, right? 
So that's uh, what we're doing. We're, 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 we're having fun at the same time. And we're having freaking fun and doing it. So we're going to have an event, Ryan, where it's a party, and there's going to be alcohol there. There's going to be yeah, absolutely. yeah, of course. There's going to be dancing, and there's going to be um, a lot of good food, and um, and that's the event that we're planning. And we so have we'll to invite the New Age Stiffies to say, I don't want to lower my yeah. vibration with alcohol. <laughs> I don't want to do it. My vibration will slip. No. And we're going to take those people. We're going to give them beer funnels and say, come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. There you go. Bong. Beer pong is beer on bong. the list. That's right. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Carrie O'Connor, the queen of the universe, internationally respected psychic medium and longstanding virtue of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. What a great honor and pleasure it was to feature you once again. Mm-hmm. Love talking to you, Ms. O'Connor. You, you, are a sister. I love talking to you. you are a sister from another mother. Seriously, I love you I so know. much. I know. I love you too, Ryan. And thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that you're doing. You're doing. You're a huge burger. And if anybody doesn't know you, all they have to do is feel your energy. You are, um, you come in with so much love and, uh, you free people by giving them the keys from your heart and you do it so graciously. So I, I tell you, I, I give you a high five every day if I don't talk to you. I'm sending you that, that heart love. And I love your stories. You're a comedian. Yeah, my psychotic stories. And Ms. O'Connor, you are the same. You, you liberate <laughs> people and um, just you know, make people happy. Mm-hmm. Seriously, show them, show them the way. Yeah. Show them the way in this That's fascist right. world. Show That's them a right. way out. A way out to get some recruit. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much for being with us today. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. It's been always my pleasure. Okay, everyone. That concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our amazing guest, Miss Carrie O'Connor, our esteemed virtue. And special thanks, as always, to our other virtues, Miss Lisa Kaza and Miss Constance Stellas. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Tooth Radio Show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. So the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care. Thank you so much for listening. Want to be heard or seen in front of millions of people? Want to be an expert on TV or radio? Goldman McCormick PR is a New York City-based public relations agency that specializes in traditional and social media placement for law, finance, media, and corporate-based clients. Goldman McCormick PR also a specialist in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com for more information. GoldmanMcCormick.com.